doing? Yeah, what, what do you... What, uh, well, I'm uh, really bad at it. Um, so, yeah. what, so are uh, we. So what I do, uh, my buddy Mike, who I do my podcast with, happens to live close enough where a lot of times we'll just do it in person and record on the computer. Um, mm. But uh, when that's not possible, like uh, when I'm already drunk and I don't want to leave the house, uh, <laughs> or uh, when he's, it's like 1 a.m. or something, we use Zencaster, which it sounds like pretty similar to what you guys were talking about just a minute ago, where it... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's VoIP and yeah, it's, the same. Uh, it's like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what we use. And it, it does wave files and then I just piece it together uh, later. But I think the next thing I'm going to do is move away from the computer and go to the little um, like a little task cam box. Okay. Um, which oh, is that's just what you have, right? It's like a little box you put your head in or something. Yeah, right? well, it's 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 like a little sound box. It's like for people who can't afford recording studios. And you just put the microphone in it and stick your head in and talk and do it. And like a lot of the echo is taken out. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what the head thing is. I mean, this is just a, like a little recorder. Uh, it has oh. it has XLR input. So if you have XLR mics, um, yeah. and it, it records direct to an SD card. So um, oh. yeah, so that's can, not. Yeah, we're, we're thinking of something very different. That was not what he was the talking about. <laughs> what you're talking about is, is like, a, like a Zoom recorder. I was talking about like a box with a styrofoam in it that you put your head in. Gotcha. <laughs> Yours is higher tech than what I was, what I was, what I was The box about. sounds good too. Maybe I'll get the box. <laughs> Let's all get let's get let's all get both. Let's all, uh, let's just give it a both. And if the podcasts are better, then we'll never know which one made it better. We'll yep. never know. Well, I'm surprised uh, that you you haven't seen, considering that you look at Kickstarters all day, like some kind of like microphone helmet, something that you just stick oh, yeah. onto your head with a microphone in it, and just maybe like a little oxygen tube <laughs> at the bottom. That sounds like a better Suck way to through a straw. I'm like ready for all this like. All the shit, like, you ever read that old Mad Magazine where it was kind of like the Wally future where it was like fat people on like motor scooters with food tubes in their mouth? I'm ready for it. It's That's here. What I want my life to be. You're I'm in ready. Burbank. I'm, it's, it's time. <laughs> Except everyone is podcasting while they're doing it. So yeah, yeah. That's what I'm to sustain themselves. Everybody has a Patreon sponsored podcast, and that takes the place of wage labor. God, so, I hope be, so. It's more I could fun. Set it up so that like the Patreon money could go directly to my food tube like payments. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the danger of that would be there'd be just a bunch of episodes of a podcast called I'm Hungry. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's like today's episode, today's episode, really hungry. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be funny to just uh, to like cut out the middleman element of Patreon and just make it be like, <laughs> like, please, if you think I need to eat today, like donate a dollar and like that will be converted directly into a paste that goes down my throat. Well, and that's why I... I like Jesse going after those crooked media fucks because that that uh that one guy did. Right, let's, intru let's introduce yeah. ourselves. Let's, let's introduce yeah. ourselves. Yes. Um, welcome well, to Struggle right. Session. Yeah, welcome to Struggle Session. Um, it's another episode of of the show Struggle Session. Um, here we are. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Jack Allison. My name is Jonathan Daniel Brown. I'm Leslie Lee the Third of a uh, Chapel Trap House fame. Yeah. That's right. He got the you bump. Might know him from Chapo Trap House, um, and you might know me from knowing Leslie from Chapo Trap House. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm banned from Twitter. By the very funny Jesse Farrar, JF of the Your Kickstarter Sucks podcast. Hello, Jesse. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. 
I got, I, I learned about you through uh, Leslie and uh, I, I saw your podcast. Then I, Jack told me about you, listen yeah. to your podcast some more. It's funny stuff. But what really got my attention was uh, seeing you go after those crooked media fucks. John well, Favreau, I, I wanna, I wanna love it. I want to just for a second here suck your dick a little more on the podcast. It's good. I want to say that the podcast is, I want to say, one of the only funny things right now. <laughs> like I was to a couple of them. And uh, just as somebody who, who hates laughing and hates all comedy, um, right. you know, uh, uh, it brought me a little bit of joy, and so uh, uh, I and so I thank you for that uh, for reminding me what it's like to to find things funny. Yeah, it's that been rocks. a while. Yeah, that's that's so good to hear. I think we're totally in the same boat. I mean, I uh, I I don't like uh, you say you don't like funny things. I don't like good things. I'm I'm having a hard time getting into things that are good or are supposed to be good uh, because I don't like the effect that they have on me, uh, which is positive. So. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't like making the podcast uh, any more than you like doing uh, anything else that's good. So it's just, <laughs> you know, it's that's that's my struggle. So I'm glad that it's turning out uh, well for people. But uh, but I would just as soon uh, just go like live in a bog or something than do it. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get together enough bog money. I'm trying to get yeah. it together enough so that uh, I'm trying I to get that bog nut, dude. <laughs> trying to get my bog nut. <laughs> I think that that's what we can all. That's the most we can all hope for uh, in, uh, in today in, in the world today, huh? How about the world today? Uh, uh, in this anyways, day and age, so in this day and age, the most you can hope for is that bog nut. Uh, <laughs> is, there is one way to make a lot of money really quickly. I think we all saw it. Uh, apparently, being a racist Irish man who uh, <laughs> black people until they fight him is a way to become really rich really quickly. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. I, I became, did you I, watch the fight? I watched the fight. Did, uh, did you watch the fight, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I, I streamed it. Um, so I was hopping back and forth. At one point I saw somebody, so I was like downloading all these different apps on my computer, <laughs> uh, you know, any, anything to avoid paying for content, you know? Um, sure. And, yeah, uh, I think I think of Conor uh, uh, McGregor and Floyd Mayweather as content creators first. <laughs> Absolutely, well, that's, that's what they are. Like that's why he Conor McGregor didn't give a shit about losing. He had made so much fucking money off that fight that he had like I've never seen a happier loser than Conor McGregor. <laughs> they were all ready to sing "Danny Boy" and shit. <laughs> um, so you're so you're trying to stream it for free. So you're going to all these websites. Where you have to find like where the real X is to close out of the ad. <laughs> it's actually moved. It's like we've evolved past that now, as far as pay-per-view streaming goes. Now it's um, now it's peer-to-peer -peer stuff. So it's Periscope, um, right? It, Instagram. Uh, Instagram. It's Soda Player, which uh, I've never heard of. It's a. I don't know Soda Player. There's an extension for the Chrome uh, browser, and somebody had basically like reverse engineered the UFC's pay-per-view stream. Uh, nice. So I was like, uh, oh, I was. Shit. I gotta say, I was getting like HD quality. I was Chromecasting it to the TV. It was almost like I had paid for it, uh, except for <laughs> um, I, I didn't feel too bad about it. Um, so I, I watched. I thought it was surprisingly good. I thought so too, actually. I mean, look, like uh, uh, as far as. You know, when you tune in to watch Savage Bloodsport, the least you can ask for is that it be a little bit savage. Yeah, <laughs> it was a savage fight. My neighbor paid a hundred bucks for the UFC fight pass, and it didn't even fucking work. So we ended up watching it. Uh, 
uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Chromecasted, beamed onto the screen from an Instagram account, filled with like live streaming comments and hearts <laughs> flying oh, yeah. around throughout the whole fuck. <laughs> he paid a hundred goddamn dollars and gave. I mean, that went straight up Dana White's nose. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say that I, I watched the fight at a friend's house, so I feel very morally in the clear that I didn't uh, uh, pay for the fight. Um, but to my friend who did pay for the fight. I don't think that was very cool of you. I think that no, was a little bit no. fucked up when you did that. And that friend was podcast guest Evan Susser. Whoa. Shame, shame, shame. I think that was shame, a fucked up ugly thing of Evan think, to do. I think next time we bring him on the show, we have to hold him to and account. I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't say anything to him there, but now that I've thought about it and I'm on a more public forum, I didn't like it. Yeah, do I better. Think, like, yeah, do better, Evan. Well, I think I think the left could actually gain a lot of points, and and uh, if we made theft from Walmart and Target cool, yeah, and we made uh, piracy fun again, yeah, piracy rules. Piracy like has always been cool. Ever like I, it, it's what taught me not to like Metallica was how much I like piracy. Like specifically about UFC, like they're a really shitty company and have been for a while. Like they don't, they're union busting. Of course mm, they treat right. their fighters like absolute shit. They'll fire them for like talking back yeah. or shit like that. Like these people and um, people will train for three months and get paid, you know, like $10,000 for mm-hmm. five, or some, something less than that. Like completely crazy while Dana White, is posting videos of his, you know, eight Lamborghinis and shit, and he's never <laughs> taken a punch in his life. I'm just saying, like, if, if people are worried about, you know, the effect of CTE and concussions on NFL players, like, wait till we see 30 years from now when we have, you know, fucked up UFC fighters just going on rampages everywhere. Well, I mean, you know, at, at the very core of UFC, I mean, they, they even, like, this is part of the like narrative that they put out is that like, this is like, these are people who like don't have a lot of money who like right. are trying to get out of their economic circumstance by like beating the fuck out of each other. Like that is actually like put forward by the UFC as like oh, yeah. an exciting and positive narrative when like they're explicitly saying like, these are poor people we're pitting together to beat <laughs> each other to death for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's been going on since I guess, I guess the gladiator matches, right? I mean, right. there were well, slaves who were plucked another, up. And- well, it is one of these things yeah. of like, you know, what are the hallmarks of a society that is about to uh, uh, be in ruin? Uh, one of them is, you know, uh, uh, watching people beat each other to death. Like, we are <laughs> like, we're like maybe 15 years off from like actually people fighting lions being a pay-per-view event. I am a big MMA fan, but there is like, like if you go to Appalachia now, you'll see MMA gyms and shit like that because people are using it as like the way out of their circumstances. And it's not a good thing because UFC right. is a very, it's not besides being exploitative, it's like it's poorly run too. Like it actually does not make that much money because they basically have shut down all competition and oversaturated the market. So the only thing they can do is do shit like have the McGregor Mayweather fight to get any kind of attention because like they run like so many events full of these and they have such poor production values. Like no one actually wants to pay for the 50 bucks every month to see so-and-so versus so-and-so that they never heard of fight. Right. Here's something interesting. I think about the UFC is that you guys know uh, uh, that WME like bought the whole UFC. Yeah. The William Morris agency. Yeah. $4 billion. So I know what, so what happened around that time is then WME like parceled out the UFC to all of their like top clients and like got all their clients to like 
buy a little bit of UFC. And so I certainly think it's interesting that all of a sudden Conan O'Brien is such a UFC fan. <laughs> like I think that WME had this big plan of getting their like celebrity clients to be like financially incentivized to make the UFC more popular. I just don't think Conan's the guy that would be tweeting with uh, Conor McGregor maybe before he had a financial stake well, that, uh, uh, in the UFC. This is something that's actually this is something that's actually been going on with the agencies for quite a long time. Like you had CAA as investors in a bunch of like these these new startup tech companies, including you know the or die thing. There was yeah, or die. They, there they was started skate, skate or, or die. die, cook or die. Um, this like wonderful place Chicken for Will and Adam to for their friends to put up comedy bits it was actually come up with by uh, uh, my, Mark Kwame, the son of Michael Kwame, the owner of the Sequoia Group. Uh, um, and so my, uh, Mark Kwame has gone on to now be a, a comedy screenwriter. So good for him. Damn, well, y'all like some it. shit. <laughs> well, I like that most comedy is written by people who graduated from Harvard and came out of the world of finance. Yes. I think that those are the people who understand humor the most. Well, I mean, Jesse, the thing, the thing you were talking about earlier, you know, about like you looked at like, uh, uh, oh, what would it be like to move to L.A. and be a comedy writer person? Like, the fact of the matter is, like, the reason why we only have so many like Harvard guys as comedy writers is because of situations just like yours. Like you need to have like a gigantic familial wealth uh, safety net to even right. consider doing this as a job. I mean, by all accounts, you're a fairly funny guy out there. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're uh, you know well known online and all that. And you know for for it to be a you know complete impossibility for you to even consider this this kind of a job. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think speaks to the reason why we have the type of people we have uh, taking over this. All, all I'm going to say is that your podcast, you do better than most people who actually had shows on CISO. <laughs> most of those people. Like, well, thank you. I, uh, You know, it is a thing that I think about a lot because uh, it does seem like, um, even though now, obviously, the pivots to video um and the you know the 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 CISOs going under and all that other kind of stuff are are definitely changing what you think of as success in you know comedy or entertainment or, or whatever you want to call it is that we're adjacent to at this point but still in your head it's like uh well I should go get like a job you know um like I should mm -hmm. I should have a real job um instead of uh trying trying to uh get donations or whatever um, I don't know. It's just it's just that maybe the next generation won't have that same compunction with whatever uh, the next version of of this is going to be. But for now, mm. it seems like uh, there's there's almost no measure of success that would feel enough like success where you could uh, stop thinking about like uh, uh, going and getting like a business degree and and working like at a grocery store or whatever the fuck. Uh, well, I mean, I think there's a lot. A lot of this has to do with like what they talk about outside of comedy is this idea of the collapsing middle class. Like that has happened in comedy or writing or whatever you want to call it. Like there is no middle class for this. Like it yeah. is either like you are making like two hundred dollars a week for writing like Pepsi commercials and like <laughs> barely able to afford living with like five people that you'd go to like improv boot camp with. It's funny. Or you're Chuck Lorre. Like there really is no in between. Like you and and those jobs are you know becoming fewer and fewer and you have to debase yourself more and more <laughs> yeah. and, keep them. and it's it's funny you mention that because i actually uh, a few months ago i had an audition for a web series that was produced by pepsi content studios sure. with low budget oh, new media pay really cool stuff 
So like that's the loophole they can use now. They don't yeah. even have to pay people to make commercials. They well, can say we're making an original web series. We are PepsiCo Pro, uh, Content yeah. Studios, a full service production company, and we're making original content for you, <laughs> the viewers. The that, like you know well, what happened with these web companies? And I'm not like that smart about anything really uh, i'm not that <laughs> smart uh, i don't know i, I want to cat start off with a caveat that i don't know shit about shit so this yeah. might just be off entirely but it does feel like you know what happened on the web was it was this thing that everyone was like you know oh the web is going to be a great way for everyone to have a voice and there's going to be a lot more availability and a lot of platform for everybody and what happened was is this kind of like giant flattening out of you know whether of of people being able to make any kind of money at all. Like, more jobs began to exist, but at like two hundred dollars uh, a week, um, and then this that became like a race to the bottom, where every content company was trying to prove to advertisers that they could do more with less money. Until then, all of a sudden, the advertisers did exactly what JDB is talking about, and they were just like, "Oh well, like." This is so cheap. We can just open like Pepsi Studios. Like, why are we? Paying why are we even paying anybody to make our ads? And we can, yeah, literally, we have a guy. We have a few cameras. We're Pepsi, and we are also eager, you know, because it's a passion industry, and also because we all went through a recession, and we just want to work at all. Uh, yeah. A lot of us. A lot of it also has to do with like being able to tell our parents that we have booked a job at all like uh, uh, that like you're willing to do so much more for less just to have this uh, any passion industry well just to feel like you are not an asshole for having decided to do this anyway I can't I can't even tell you how many actors writers anybody I've met who have been so happy to be on TV that they've just eaten pure shit. I knew people that were on this show called Laughs, which was like a non-union stand-up comedy show that didn't pay the comedians on it. It was on a cool. few Fox affiliate networks, though. So nice. there were all these people I knew who were blasting out like their appearance on a Fox show they didn't get paid for, <laughs> uh, breaking sag after rules. Not like sag after is any good at enforcing them, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, so anyways, or, I guess I would say JF. Don't ever come out here. Don't come here. <laughs> Stay, here. Stay there with your piano. It looks beautiful. When I see behind you, uh, I'm so jealous. So. I can't play it. I don't know if that helps. I don't know how to do it. I can't do anything on um, that tune. Yeah, Sorry. so you mentioned uh, Chuck Lorre earlier, and I saw you make a tweet about um, Disjointed, his um, new uh, hit sitcom on Netflix. <laughs> I, well, my, it is hard to measure with Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I that and that was in a uh, scare quotes. So my wife turned this on for like a uh, couple minutes, and like I thought, because like the intro is like this video thing, and I'm like, yeah, I thought like the intro was a joke, right? Like it was a joke itself because it was like this obnoxious laugh track. None of the jokes made any sense or were any funny. Like I thought they were going to yeah. show that and then start the real show, and it would be like you know, like a no, uh, you know, a one camera, no laugh track type show. And like it's a Chuck Lorre show you, for you. <laughs> yeah, when it didn't stop, I made my wife turn it off. Like I, <laughs> So I watched one episode. I made my I, I made myself watch one episode of the show. Um and uh and and, and may, it made me think uh, a lot of thoughts. Like for one thing, maybe the half hour comedy um, is like maybe that was a mistake. Like maybe we can't. <laughs> like, I, maybe it's just like it's just done now, right? Um, yeah. But but it you, what you said about it uh, maybe being a joke reminded me of. Uh, and I don't know if this is still on or not because like I said, I don't. Who would watch this stuff? But there was a network show 
uh, where it was like uh, the concept was a an older boss meets millennials in in a working place, and they work oh, for like yeah. an outdoor company or something. Was oh, the great indoors! I auditioned for that piece of shit. The Joel McHale. <laughs> okay, is that still on? No, dead. Okay, canceled. <laughs> well, it's like when you when I first saw those ads, I was like, uh, okay, so. At a, at a certain point, like they're going to remove the veil, and then we'll see what the actual show is going to be. But it's like, uh, it's like, no, this is the concept of the show, and they just keep insisting that this is the show that they made. And I just can't believe they got through months of pre-production or, or, or like, how many people had to sign off on being like, oh yeah, this would be cool. He'll walk in and they'll be like uh, reading Twitter and he'll be like, what's twatter? And like, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that's so fucked up about these shows. Like when I talked earlier about like that you have to debase yourself is like you're talking about people signing off on all these ideas. Not only do you have to sign off, but you have to convince everyone else that you're like stoked about it. When you work on these shows, like there's it is this, so like, weird. There's this weird cult of positivity when you're on a tv show that is like it's one thing like it would be one thing if all these shows were made cynically like i wish they were all made cynically but oh, if you yeah. go into these places they're all stoked and laughing at all this shit but, but, about, but, but that uh, is cynical man i think there's nothing more cynical than like 20 people in a room all pretending to find something funny that they they all objectively hate without a doubt like that's not even an opinion like they don't love the show they're lying they're lying to themselves <laughs> they're lying to each other they're lying to the writers they're lying to the actors and then when, as an actor when you go and you have to audition these fucking sides are like memorize them and then they go oh you, you need to make that line funnier and it's like i can't perform that shit it that's not like, on uh, me motherfucker <laughs> like i can't make, i can't i can't make zombies run funny because get it the millennials love zombies right. and joel McHale's the older guy and he's like wow you millennials are into zombies i think i think we're off target because i don't know if there are zombies in that specific show <laughs> no there no like there, there isn't that i read the fucking i read the fucking dialogue it was oh, like they talk about run zombies he, yeah dialogue? like the whole thing is like the characters are like they're all running around going like lightning bolt lightning bolt they're right. all larping okay. they're okay. written like they're like nerdy like and then of course like that's the funny thing. Like, Joel McHale's uh, supposed to be like Archie Bunker, even though he's like 35. It makes no <laughs> fucking sense. Or maybe he's like 50. I don't know. I watched. Yeah. I watched the first. I watched the first the couple minutes. I couldn't make it through the whole episode of. What is the show oh, again? It's called High High High. No, disjointed. 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 Okay. Disjointed. It's called disjointed. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, and that what theme of uh, of pun as joke uh, is like. That's, that's a really David Javerbaum specialty. <laughs> that guy, uh, that guy's something else, man. The tweet of God guy. I, um, I antagonized him enough to the point where um, we were talking in DM for a while before he left the website. Um, and, uh, and I don't think I had much greater things. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think we, I don't think that necessarily um, I had anything to do with him leaving. I like to think I did, um, but. He, <laughs> You know, we talked back and forth about. Um, well, first of all, I got my shots in about how he's not funny, um, and, <laughs> and even though I'm a loser with no credits, uh, it's still his shit still sucks majorly. Um, and, <laughs> but uh, you know, we we talked about that, like the the cynicism of being in that industry, uh, even at his level of success. I, I'm just like, you can't think all of this is good, you know, yeah. and. And and eventually he's like, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's not all good, but I'm I'm getting a paycheck for it. 
Um, and uh, I think some of it's good, and that's pretty much as good as anybody can hope for. Uh, and then I said, uh, hey, well, your tweets are really bad. Let me uh, interview you for an article so I can make $200. And then he didn't say <laughs> anything. And, uh, he left. So I, I don't think it's going to work out. That was like two years ago. <laughs> well, well that, that's before he was working on Disjointed. He actually he had a pilot, I believe, on Hulu, and it was a musical set at uh, a Huffington Post analog. Wow. So well, about so, the so, interns. So Jesse, it really seems as though your words got through to him and he went on <laughs> things that were truly meaningful to him yeah. uh, now uh, at a deeper level. I was going to say that uh, uh, you said Disjointed made you feel like you know the 30-minute comedy is over. Um, I think it made me feel like, and this is very sad for me, that weed is over. This is yeah. a very, very sad revelation. I guess it's been yeah. over for a little bit, for a little bit now. It is the drug of parents, uh, I think, at this time. Uh, uh, so how Generation over is X weed, ruins everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's man, it's it's been over for me from the beginning. Like I just got the, I have the wrong uh, whole setup for it. Um, my my yeah. brain doesn't work the right way for me to be able to hang with that kind of stuff. So, um, so I'm like the old version of what a parent would be uh, where, uh, and actually, and this is what pisses me off. About I, I think this. this actually connects you more with young millennials. I think that you're actually now, you've suddenly gotten so old that you are now young again. Like if you went on musically, and started talking about how like weed doesn't agree with you. I think yeah. all of a sudden you'd be like the next Jake Paul. Oh, dude, that would be so good. Um, I piss my neighbors <laughs> off now. My neighbors don't like me because I don't mow my yard fast enough. But um, but his his thing with the neighbors seems good too. Um, uh, but uh, I like setting empty pools on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean it's fine. Um, but the, the show, what makes me mad about the show is, is even though I guess I would be one of those broad characters in that show, like the person who doesn't get it, can't do it, uh, makes them freak out, you know, has no interest in it, whatever. Uh, like even if it's working with these archetypes that on a certain level make sense, it's, it's, they're so broad that they lose all humanity like instantly. It's it's mm -hmm. like it's a caricature interacting with another caricature, interacting with you know a trope, and that's the entire right. show. Like, did you you said you watched a few minutes? Did you get to the point where uh, I don't know the name of the actress? Uh, she's Asian American. She uh, they're all oh. introducing themselves she's on like, the. I'm the Asian one. I'm the token Asian. Oh my, the token oh my god. Asian. <laughs> Yeah, she does That's the rough. the finger to the thumb universal sign of I'm smoking a doob, guys. <laughs> so you know where it's Jeez. headed from there. That's I remember then when when like the token black guy was like a sarcastic deep cutting joke in not another teen movie, <laughs> and now it's like tokenism is is just like kind of a wacky throwaway line. I mean, it's it back, funny. Baby. It's like. It's bad. <laughs> um, I'll just say this is such a stupid thing to be annoyed about, but that first part annoyed me because it so clearly wasn't like a webcam that he was filming it on. Like I hate in TV shows when they try to pretend like you can tell it's like a 400 pound gigantic camera and he's like kind of ducking in yeah. under it like with his arm out. That was something that pissed me off about Logan. Did you guys see the new Wolverine movie uh, a few it, yeah. months ago? There's a, a part. Okay. Well, there. 
All right. Uh, it's simply must. It's so adult. It, I, it is so. It really brings Wolverine. It's about a, It's the first adult superhero movie. It's about a man with Marvel. knives on his hands, and those <laughs> knives cut people into into pieces because that's what knives on hands do. Uh, but there's a scene where like there's this uh, like there there's a like a nurse in Mexico City. And she has all this footage of like these mutant children being abused. Yeah. But the way it's edited is so slick. It's like she oh she's supposed to be on the run, but she somehow like sat down in Final Cut and put yeah. together like this beautiful <laughs> thing. Like you know, like well, like Logan, you have to see these children. Like I I got my DP down here. We got the whole place. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a beautiful shot. Yeah, uh, I think the boom time. got in at one yeah, point. Yeah, the boom uh, <laughs> fell in. I don't know. I guess it's just like if you want to have the cell phone aesthetic, pull out a fucking cell phone. It's so easy. It's so funny about that style choice that I'm like, it's so much harder to shoot it the way that you did that was less realistic. That's my one big issue. But that's like you guys would know this better than I would for sure. But isn't that the kind of thing where uh, that was like one of three versions of the intro to the show that they they shot and then in post they're like, oh, slap a iPhone recording dot on there. Uh, which, yeah. which, by the way, <laughs> you don't see the recording dot on the final version of the video. It I'm is annoying. Sure. <laughs> there, there, there are these are my sole issues with the show. Or uh, uh, otherwise, it's perfect. It, yeah. The other, the show is pitch perfect. It's a uh, very funny look at marijuana culture, uh, um, or what's left of it. But that. guys, get the tech right. Get the tech right, Chuck. Come on. So, so Netflix, Netflix went to a dispensary. And they yeah. they repackaged all of the weed at the dispensary yeah. and Speak, gave speaking. each strain uh, their own Netflix show to pair it with. So they had like mm. Arrested Development, Banana Stand, Kush. For fuck's they sake. had like Orange is the Black, like Pussy Riot. They had <laughs> like. Speaking of how weed is like, it's so fucking is not sad cool at all anymore. Speaking of how yeah. Weed is- and there's still like so many fucking people in jail for it. I know that is so funny that like there are people in jail for like having like a joint on them, but Netflix is making banana stand weed. Uh, it's so good. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. There's gonna be Marlboro Greens in five years. Here's my. Here's my. I don't want to be there. Here's why I think Netflix made that weed. It's like number one, you get like a fun little PR push from it. But number two, I think it's so that they can actually litigate against these like people that grow weed and then name it like Stranger Things Kush. Like I think that they're trying to build a legal case that like yeah, you are impacting our ability to do business because we are also in the marijuana strain business. So I think this thing like people are like celebrating as like look how weed's gone mainstream is like probably just like a legal tactic that's my take anyway that's my theory
podcasting is a big scam and kickstarters are a big scam and you started a mm-hmm. podcast about uh scammy uh kickstarters so uh basically tell me like i just want to know what's the worst one you've seen out of all of them oh man uh you know there's so there's different kinds of worst right um there's uh there's the worst one where it's like um where it's like this guy is like drunk or something and made it um and those are <laughs> those are a lot of times the funniest ones because it's clear that they like they went on there and did it and then just never logged back into the website again like <laughs> they didn't even realize it had gone up they didn't know what it was so you know you see something on there from like 2010 and a guy was like uh, trying to raise fifty thousand dollars to remodel his bar off the highway or something. <laughs> um, and uh, those are the ones that I wish had succeeded because that's, I mean, like if you if you wanted to come up with a an idea for what the website should be, it should be that, right? Like uh, people buying twenty dollar gift cards in advance to a bar <laughs> I'll never go to. Uh, yeah, did you follow the whole saga with uh, Doobie's Doghouse? Doobie's Doghouse. No, I don't know yeah, that. I don't want to. I don't know the whole history of it, so we'll just cut this out. But it was like that. It was like some guy wanted to open a hot dog store, so all these internet people like ra- oh. they like raised too much money for him, and then kind of like I feel like they kind of ruined his life because like he wanted to have this hot dog store, and they all got obsessed with him. I think he raised like tens of thousands of dollars above, and then he like couldn't do it. Like he couldn't get the like the fan put in properly or some shit and everyone was mad at this guy doobie for his dumbass hot dog (laughs) it's like uh it's like when the kid who has a youtube channel where he plays with dinosaurs goes viral and gets on reddit and then they all subscribe to him and then uh, you have to watch his existential dread play out over the remaining videos as he realizes people (laughs) are unsubscribing from his channel and he's like an eight-year-old trying to figure out what he did wrong to piss off all the you just see like having a doobie. You just it's see so like cool. drain from his face. Yeah. <laughs> so worst Kickstarter, worst Kickstarter, worst Kickstarter. Um, t- uh, so there's so there's the ones that seem to be uh like just w- one-off goof-off ideas. Those are bad in a business sense. Like if you put them in a business folder, they wouldn't make any sense to anyone. Um, then of course there's the ones that make business sense but it's not clear to me why they have to be crowdfunded right so maybe not established companies going on there looking for capital but pretty close Zach to Braff. It. Yeah, yeah Zach Braff like yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> or there was one there was one and I'm uh and I don't know the exact movie but uh Steve Buscemi was in a movie several years ago and it was like the the print of this movie was going to get it was going to get destroyed or something like that. They needed to raise tens of thousands of dollars to do it. I'm like, I don't know. You're Steve Buscemi. They're going to kill Steve Buscemi if they did. I know. That's, <laughs> make that's, money. That's, that's what I classify. I, I classify these ones as like, uh, uh, I, I, I always think of these as like hostage Kickstarters. Like whenever yeah. they do like the Veronica Mars one, it, to right. me it feels like we're holding a gun to Veronica Mars's head. If you ever want to see Veronica Mars again, you got to pay for it. Like, <laughs> like, like I feel like this is why Kickstarter sets a dangerous precedent because what's to stop Warner Brothers from being like, hey, Harry Potter fans, like we'll give you another Harry Potter. 
if you pay ten million dollars. Yeah. Like, not, not a good precedent to set that we're going to let companies let us both finance and then subsequently pay for uh, uh, their. Their product. We still haven't let him answer the fucking question, though. Sorry, I'm, I just think it's interesting. No, to talk there's. About this. I, I'm all over the place myself, just because. Uh, I mean, because they're all bad in principle, right? Like, I mean, yeah. probably, <laughs> there probably is one where it's. Uh, you know, we had Ted Leo on um, uh, early on in the run of the show when we didn't know what we were doing even more than we don't know what we're doing now, and uh, he's he's a really good guy who makes good music and uh, and uh, has been working independently for a while, so. His Kickstarter was a way to get people who already knew him and liked him to, you know, front the cost for an album that he couldn't otherwise produce. So that to me mm. is the good version of it. Whereas right. the the one that's been bothering me the most lately, and I hesitate to even say it because I don't want it to sound like I've got this personal vendetta against this the lady who did it. Because I don't, I don't care about her at all. Uh, but the Allo app is the one that is really bothering me because it is so uh, useless. And it got funded, and it made a lot of money, um, and it doesn't seem clear what anyone is getting out of funding it. So it's like uh, it, it's like it's uh, if you're familiar with baseball, there's like a five-tool player where the, you know they can run, they can field, they can hit, all this stuff. So this is the five-tool bad Kickstarter because uh, <laughs> the the rewards, uh, the reward tiers are nonsensical. Uh, they're vaporware. They don't do anything for anyone. Uh, it made an ungodly sum of money, like 40,000 some dollars. Um, yep. the, I'm uh, looking the, at it here. It made $43,000. Yeah. The, the person behind it is to me, uh, like maybe guilty of a lot more social ills than, uh, it seems on, on first glance, she was, <laughs> so, she somehow managed to do Hillary Clinton's social media, uh, <laughs> Denny's social media and, uh, wow. and a website called Femsplain. Like so, just mm -hmm. all of that being on the same resume is pretty incredible. Um, Good God! So it's a self-care app, um, mm. and the premise is that when she was working for Hillary Clinton's social media campaign, she couldn't find the time to shower or eat uh, because number one, you know, it takes so much. Because Hillary effort. was screaming at her every. <laughs> <laughs> because this, this sick old lady, yeah. drunk online. <laughs> <laughs> so. But it's but Where's it's my fucking hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an app that uh, that reminds you to do all the basic things that you're supposed to do in order to not go insane because you're so delicate that existing in the world for even a few minutes at a time is uh, it's like it's torture to you. So uh, so it, <laughs> but the, but what's crazier to me is like you have to put in your own reminders on it. So you can, <laughs> so you can be like, oh, I know I had a hard time showering last week, so now I'm going to program the shower reminder in. It's like, well, if you can do that, you can just take a shower. So <laughs> and, and 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 here's the here's the thing. Like it sounds like I have a vendetta because it sounds like I'm being like, oh, she's a snowflake, Mwah, whatever. Like self care is great. Sometimes just, just don't call it self care because then you make it sound stupid. Don't use the white person term for anything. No, for, if, right. if there's like a reclaimed like white person way to say something, just, just never add ever self say as that. self as a prefix to anything. Yeah, yeah. You what, is, what you're talking about when you say self care, what you're talking about is like fucking around. Yeah, it's just it's it's, it's not self care. It's just chilling. You're just chilling. Yeah. Like, you're just hanging out. Like, oh, I got to jack off today. Like, just do that. You don't need, you don't need I, the little I, thing. I don't need to give her $40,000 for me to set a reminder to jack off in my phone. <laughs> I already have that reminder in my phone. 
if you've yeah. come here wondering who forgets to drink water, who forgets to shower, who forgets to eat, the answer, a lot of people. These, the answer, people who voted for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Yeah, and and so uh, so and I didn't do this. Somebody else did this. I don't know if they did it after hearing our show or if it was just so widely open for mockery that uh, people uh, elsewhere were able to latch on to that idea as well. But somebody made a parody of her app on Twitter called at Aloe Butt, which I mean maybe a little bit on the nose, uh, but that's fine. And it was, uh, it was, it was just some like, notes. Some, he, Jesse likes the idea, but some notes got a couple notes. I think we can workshop aloe butt maybe, but, um, <laughs> but it was just like, uh, Oh, don't forget to wipe your ass. Bleh. And okay. Right. So it, it takes the piss out of it pretty good. Uh, and then, so she was so shaken by this that she went on this tirade about it and said, uh, I think I know who this person is. I think I know where they work. Um, please report them for harassment which they didn't even really reply to her. They just made the app. It wasn't really yeah. harassment. Um, and uh, and then somehow she actually took over the account, Aloe Butt, her, by saying it was impersonating her, which it wasn't. Right. Uh, no. and, then, uh, and then someone said, hey, you know, I know that was mean of them or whatever, but honestly, it would be kind of a funny joke if you put it in your app. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll do that. What? <laughs> yeah, so now there will be a joke thing in there reminding you to wipe your butt based on the person who like gave her an anxiety attack by making fun of her $40,000 app. So that's what brings it full circle to me is like the person is so despicable. I'm looking at her Kickstarter and like it's the saddest thing because there's a picture of her. She looks so happy standing next to a cardboard cutout of Hillary Clinton. And like yeah. she, hey, I thought that was actually her. her. Isn't that what John Favreau got in trouble for? <laughs> speaking of, let's uh, let's speak. Let's talk about Pod Save yeah. uh, America. Uh, several months ago, I made the very obvious joke about him and the Iron Man guy being different guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he and he responded and said, "Oh, thanks." And I said, "No problem, man. I loved you in Swingers." Um, <laughs> And he didn't block me for that, which I think is maybe more blockable than what he eventually blocked me for. But that's fine. I I thought that was yeah. a funny goof. Uh, but uh, and I and you know like I'm just I'm not a I don't want to say I'm apolitical because I'm not. I have political opinions and stuff. I just yeah. don't. I don't have the space in my brain to like remember like uh, like every couple of weeks that uh, the lady Maggie Haberman for the New York Times yeah. just will say something stupid, and I'm like Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? And then people yeah. will be like, oh, yeah, she's been doing this for 10 years. And I'm like, well, so I was like doing other shit, man. Like I was cooking dinner. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a great there's a great clip of Maggie Haberman on on TV and Keith Ellison. Right. Keith Ellison's warning like this guy, Trump, he's he's got momentum. I, I wouldn't question him. And Haberman oh. just starts cracking up, yeah, laughing in his in fucking face. Jesse, t t tell me why uh, John Favreau blocked you. So I just told him to shut the fuck up. Uh, and because I have. <laughs> I have the verified check mark on there. Uh, he had to read it. Like he can't just not look at it. Um, so that's why it's so good to have the check mark is that other guys yeah. have to yeah. uh, look he, at it. He's, he's, he's going through just the like blue you know, checks can every, ignore the bleeps. Every new Robber Rob Reiner uh, quote tweet is another feather in his cap, and then he scrolls down, and all of a sudden, some fucking guy has said, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah, and and it was because he said uh, this is what he said. I, I looked it up just now. He said we shouldn't let ourselves forget that a real president of either party would be working on remarks condemning the hate in Charlottesville. Um, yeah. 
And oh. maybe this has tailed off now because there's been like 12 horrible things that have happened since then. Right. Um, but uh, but at the at, at that particular time in history, the both sides ism of the media is what was like annoying most everybody with a conscience. And to yeah. see like somebody like that who's one of the more vocal uh, people or the most uh, noticeable voices uh, in the arena of. Uh, people whose opinions are not completely dog shit about the world around them. Um, To see him say that, it's just like, man, what the fuck? Like, it seems like we could get together on this, that this is bad. And and yet you got to say like, like we're still searching for the one true Republican. I'm just so tired of it. It's such. They're gone, man. There are no good Republicans left. That's also the thing with Vavro specifically is that I'm like, this guy's just a fucking speechwriter. And so, yeah. like, it, it does, like, show, you know, what his level of belief is and what the things he cares about are when he, like, you know, on the day of something like Charlottesville comes out and he's like, what would really bring this country together is a very, very good speech. Yeah. A real president would give an extremely good speech. You both have, you both, I just realized that you and John Favreau have written words that President yeah, Obama has true. said. <laughs> uh, I'm at that same level. So, uh, if we could. If, uh, if we could be taken as seriously as crooked media, that would be nice. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I wrote a joke that uh, Obama said on the Kimmel show when oh, uh, nice. uh, he did. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, That's cool. It was, one of these, it was one of these many things that uh, made me realize how small this all is and uh, uh, like really took the stars from my eyes about uh, – any of these people being uh, very important or meaningful. Like, if if some joke I wrote down about uh, the phrase LOL could come out of a president's mouth, uh, something is deeply, deeply wrong with the world. <laughs> but did it get a good pop? Yeah, it did pretty good. It did pretty good. I, th- I think one of the things that's insidious about, about the Crooked Media guys is, I mean, their connection to GoFundMe. Because GoFundMe was created, I feel like, to exploit... All of the problems in the Affordable Care Act. So what, what are they connect? Oh, what do you mean? Oh, isn't like uh, isn't Pfeiffer, Dan oh. Pfeiffer? Isn't he like the the VP of communications at GoFundMe? Is that true? There's a huge GoFundMe connection to the Obama administration. A bunch of Obama guys ended up there. And what drives me crazy about what drives me crazy about GoFundMe is that it's like they created the ACA, and then like a year <laughs> later, GoFundMe starts, and it's like they knew that people weren't going to get the health care they needed from Obamacare alone. And so that's why GoFundMe started, to take care of that sort of... Wow, that is really crazy. To take care of sort of those loopholes and also, hey, make a nice little tidy profit. I mean, what does GoFundMe take, like 5%? I mean, this is really funny. I'm, like, looking at this guy Dan Pfeiffer's, like, article on Medium about, like, why he's joining GoFundMe. And I, you know, at first... You know, to be honest with you, hearing your theory at first, I'm like, that sounds a little crazy. But then looking at his, like, why GoFundMe thing, the reason why he's saying it is he's like, my friend had a medical situation. And, you know, uh, so now GoFundMe. Yeah, these fuckers, these fuckers like, crafted the Affordable Care Act, and then they joined the fucking medical industry. That's what they did. That's that interesting. It's weird. Like, uh, it feels like the revolving door just in, like, a different, more uh, technocratic way. They are technocrats, I guess. I think Dan Pfeiffer was another like I, I I can't remember exactly, but I think he tweeted something after like John Ossoff lost, which was something like you know this is why Democrats like need to come further to the center. Uh, John Ossoff get, get more get racist, get more classist. So anyways, get those this guy, suburbs. Dan Pfeiffer sounds like a real fucking piece of shit. John Favreau like. 
you know, we went to a Politicon, and I, you know, we talked about this thing before on the show, but like, I'm fairly convinced that he's just going to be a John Austin. Yeah, they're going to run. Try to run this fucking guy somewhere. Like the number of people in friend of the pod shirts uh, at which, first of all, by the way. Don't ever call a podcast the pod. It's just disgusting. It sounds fucked up. Like it's like it sounds like body like, snatchers. Like, you know how girls like uh, always are like, we don't like the word panties. Like I think I feel about hearing the pod the way that like girls feel about hearing panties. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know that about panties. That's a good note. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, um, I think we talked about some stuff, and um, I think it'll be a good episode. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I agree. We did talk about some stuff. Um, thanks, for, <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on. It was cool. Um, I was so happy to uh, to check out uh, the feed uh, earlier this week and see that you had somebody nominated for an Emmy on, um, and then uh, and then also me as well. So that was cool. <laughs> I appreciate you not reversing the order on that, making them follow me. I had to follow them. That's I mean, it's that's cool. yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you so much, Jesse. Like I love your show. It's really great. So uh, where can people find you at? Uh, let's see. Uh, we're on SoundCloud just like you guys are until it uh, collapses. So your Kickstarter <laughs> sucks. Your Kickstarter sucks on SoundCloud and uh, on Twitter at your Kickstarter. So you can check that out and listen to the show. And uh, it's it's a it's a real laugh riot. Yeah. Oh, 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 before you go, I actually I, I helped with a shitty Kickstarter a few months ago. It was a booklet and DVD designed to teach old people how to use phones, and they wanted $10,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> they got, they got $1,300. Yeah. Uh, I did some lighting on one of their wow. videos. Uh, we'll talk about another. You know, we should talk about Star Citizen sometime, which is like the all-time great fucked-up Kickstarter. Oh, man, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Robert I, like, Space I love, Industries. I like him so into Star Citizen. We might have to like have you back on just to only talk about that sometime uh, yeah. as a Kickstarter expert. Yeah, that'd be um, great. All right. Well, uh, everybody listening to your Kickstarter sucks. As I said, it's one of the only funny things out there. Um, and uh, Jesse, thanks again for coming on and uh, good talking to you. Thanks a lot, guys. Good talking to you, too. All right, Jesse. All right. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Struggle Session. Uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. If you'd like to shoot us an email, hit us up at thestrugglesession at gmail.com. We are at strugglesession.us if you'd like to check out our Tumblr. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, not me, but us in general, check out at Struggle Sesh, S-E-S-H. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.